So our scene opens, and we are seeing Cade and Cranthon in a hallway. And it's a richly appointed hallway of some sort of manner. There's a marble floor beneath you with uh, some sort of mosaic inlay, like an abstract design. There's a large arching window somewhat behind you uh, on the right side of the wall, and there's just bright moonlight shining in, so you can see a perfect reflection of the window pane on the left side of the wall. There are some small statues made of marble uh, lying in this hallway. There's even like a, a suit of armor in one corner as well. And directly in front of you is a very large, ornate double door. So the door is ornately carved. It's just beautiful. Uh, Very heavy, dark wood stained. It's got ornate carvings throughout it and just sort of abstract patterns that somewhat resemble things that are growing. Uh, Definitely has dark iron hinges. It also has a dark iron handle. And above the door, there's a piece called the lintel, and that's a, this is a piece of wood, and it's got very elegant, elvish words scripted into it, and it reads, Shadow of Light. This is some very fine craftsmanship. Just look at the hinges and the carving. Uh, do you think we can bring this on the ship with us? Let's be honest. We didn't come here to collect hinges. You're right. Well? I will go up and lean up against the door. All right, so when uh, Cranthon goes up next to the door, there's kind of almost like a reverse pressure. And there's no visual sign of what's happening. There's almost like the air behind you is kind of pushing you forward like a half step. And then you can hear a humming sound. And then it just stops. And Cade, roll me a perception check. That's a 12. (laughs) (laughs) It it was me. I was just humming. With my head up against the wall. There's no visual way that you can tell whether it worked, but you have a sense that something happened. I'll try the door. So it appears that the door is locked. When you grab the handle, it doesn't open. I've probably defeated the magic, but it still seems to be mechanically locked. All right, I'll take care of the lock then. So I will press on one of my boots and give you a thieves tool. Takes it and looks at it. Great quality. Proceeds to uh, jimmy the lock. All right, give me a roll. 18. You are able to pick the lock very, very easily, but you also notice some very faint scratch marks around the keyhole. This door has been picked before. So Cranton will hold out his hand for you to give him back his thieves tools. He'll hand it back. Cranton, look at this. Somebody else has been here. I noticed that as well. And then Cranton will put away his thieves' tools, and then he will proceed to open the door. So once the door is open, uh, you can see this is like uh, essentially like a home office. There's uh, bookshelves, very thick, dark wood, not, not dark iron or dark wood, but just dark wood uh, that lines the entire, well, basically almost three-fourths of the wall. So when you come in, there's bookshelves to your left and bookshelves to your right, Directly opposite you is a large desk with a chair behind it. And then behind it, there's a big circular window that almost looks like a bubble. It's almost like like the the glass sort of extends outward a little bit. And there's also moonlight. It's not direct moonlight by the angle, but it's very visible light. And you can actually see outside of the mansion. There's uh, over on the 
kind of to the left of the desk, if you were sitting at it, there is a small table with like a decanters of different alcohols and cups and, and that kind of thing. And there's a few other knickknacks spread around the room. So, so Kate will look around the room for the, um, for the small little, uh, I guess, cigar-shaped box that he was looking for, that, that Foss told him to look for. All right. It is right where Foss said it would be. It's on the right-hand corner of the desk. Kate will smile and, and, and walk over to it and uh, slowly lift the lid up. And inside he, he sees exactly what he had hoped to see, a small set of pipes. So he brings the pipes up, kind of looks them over, you know, brushes any imaginary dust off of it, puts it to his lips, and um, starts blowing a uh, sea shanty tune. All right. So as the uh, the final note sort of lingers in the air for a second, you both hear a, an audible click, and one of the bookshelves to the right side of the desk actually like starts to lift up as if it, like there's hinges at the top. And it opens straight up, almost like an old-timey garage door. And there is a passageway behind there. But it is clearly not big enough for Cranthon. Kate will smile and, and return the uh, the pipes to the box and close the lid ever so slowly, doing his best to put everything back the way it was. He'll smile at Cranthon and says, Payday. I think this is where you step in. I think you're right. Kate will kind of uh, walk on over there and, and slide, being the halfling. He'll step into the... I guess kind of larger hole for him since he's small. Yeah, you're, you're you fit very easily. So when she crossed the threshold, the uh, there's basically like a spiral staircase in front of you, and it's very narrow and very steep. And once you get about three or four steps down, you actually hear that the door is starting to close behind you. So, Cade, you start going down this very narrow spiral staircase. Uh, again, after about the third step, that's when the the bookshelf secret door starts to close. And there's a little bit of light, not a lot, but it's almost like the walls itself are just very lightly glowing, just enough for you to see what's going on. Uh, You go down, you would guess about three stories of distance around this spiral staircase. And then it comes out and there's just like a five foot hallway from off the bottom step. And there's a door in front of you. And this just looks like a very plain, unadorned door. Like you would see in any place outside of a rich elf's mansion. And that's the only thing you see in front of you. All right, I'll slowly kind of, you know, look around the room to make sure that there's not any hidden hidden pressure plates or trip wires or anything. Right. Um, Give me a perception check. Ten. You do not see anything obvious that would be a detriment or a trap to you. I love tens. <laughs> tens are fun. So he'll continue on. Walk up to the door. He'll turn the handle. You turn the handle. And the door opens easily. Uh, there's no even creak of hinges like this. Obviously, is a well-cared-for door. But it does swing open, almost as if the room beyond was, like, slightly lower. And that just causes almost, like, gravity to open it up. And when it opens, the room inside illuminates, kind of like the walls behind you, but much brighter. So it's a fully lit room. So now our point of view sort of shifts and spins around, and we're looking directly at Cade, right in his face, Your eyes are growing wide as you take in what you're seeing inside this room. And there's only one thing you can say. Huh. 
one week earlier. And we see Everin walking back towards the Dark Discovery, having went about town to send a message to Perrin to see if you could get some, um, uh, basically get a job or find some way to help repair uh, the Dark Discovery from what had happened to it previously. Roll me a perception check. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to fail with a three. All right. So you see several people milling about the docks that don't, don't quite seem to be working, but they also don't seem to be doing anything else. Uh, you make your way back down to the dock where uh, the Dark Discovery is birthed, but you would realize, or, or you would already know, that the Dark Discovery doesn't look like the Dark Discovery. When you guys came into port, to Port Macklin, your ship was a different hue, like the, the very dark wood that it was normally is, has, has lightened, and it even has a different nameplate. Instead of saying Dark Discovery, it now says Draco Skydiver. None of you know how this happened. You just know when you came into port, when you got off your ship, that's what it looked like. We didn't see or feel any kind of change on the ship when it happened, right? Nope. It just, when you got off your ship, you were as surprised as anybody. I will walk up to the, the Draco Skydiver. And uh, is the gangplank down or is it, is it pulled up? I would, I would assume that it's down. Um, okay. as, as you're about to board, um, a man sort of calls out to you, Excuse me, sir. Um, I pause and I don't immediately turn around. I kind of tense up slightly and I will, uh, without looking back, I will, uh, I'll yell out who calls and then I will turn around. All right. So there, you see a guy in front of you. He looks maybe like 40 years old, but like a rough 40 years, very tan and weathered face, very wrinkly. Um, he's got pretty nice, uh, luscious hair, but it's definitely graying a little bit of a salt and pepper beard. He, he looks down on his luck, like his clothes are definitely a threadbare, some holes and spots in the knees. And uh, he's, he's smiling like he's the happiest guy on earth. Is that Cade's ship? Cade who? Cade Thorngage. I'm acquaintances of Cade. I would love to see him again. It's been too long since we've spoken. Tell him Sticks is out here. I want to speak to him. I can see if he's aboard, he might be about town. Just give me a moment to check the ship, and without turning around, I will walk backwards up the gangplank so that <laughs> watching the guy for a few steps, uh, and about halfway up, I will, uh, I will turn around. Uh, <laughs> You'll and, fall off. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, uh, I got an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you, not watching where I'm going. And I'll, about halfway up, I'll turn around and, uh, and go aboard the ship. Okay. So we will cut to inside, uh, basically like the galley where we have Lander and his pet, Albear. His name's Albie. Albie is perched on your shoulder, and it hurts really bad. It's one of those things where, like, it's <laughs> cute, so you don't want to say anything, but he's way too big and too heavy already, and his claws are digging into your shoulders. It's like, I love you, Albie, and, like, blood's trickling <laughs> down my shoulder. He's, he's kind of picking at your head lovingly, but, it's like, actually cutting you, and you've got a little <laughs> blood on your forehead. Um, and, um, Cranthon is there beside you. So before Lander, or excuse me, before Everin comes in, what are you guys talking about? Lander, what have you been feeding that thing? It's getting huge. Uh, I mean, I, I've just been feeding him the, uh, seaweed bread, but I think he might be eating mice on board or something. Cause he's getting that protein in. There's no way he's only eating seaweed bread. I know. I think I've lost 10 pounds since we started that diet, but he's just grown like a weed. A weed with wings. That's why the rest of us are eating seaweed bread, because he's eating all the protein. 
Later we find out that our storages have all been raided. <laughs> all right, so... Because I ripped the top of the box, the storage box off to use it to push the thing through the floor. <laughs> so, Cade, uh, we find you in the lower hold down where um, just basically two days ago there was a hole in the bottom of your ship. And truly, magically, it has been healed over, uh, mostly by Lander's magic. You can't even tell that, that it was there. You have been, um, you've been almost drawn to this place the last couple of days, especially since you've been in, in dock at Macklin. Something about the Darkling has just been in your craw and you just can't seem to get it out of your mind. And you almost take it to the point of like talking, like you're talking to yourself, but you're almost like addressing the Darkling inside your secret compartment. And the more time spent on this ship, the more and more I seem to find out about it. What hidden secrets do you have? At that moment, Everin starts calling down looking for you. Hey, Shorty. Hey, Captain Shorty. You down here? That's Hey, that's Captain Shortpants to you. All right, fine. Have it your way. Captain no, Shortpants. Kind of, he'll tear his eyes kind of off where the hatch is and make his way over, over to the steps. Yeah, Everin, what's going on? Everything went okay with Perrin, but uh, right before coming aboard, some strange, almost beggar guy stopped me. He looked kind of... Sketchy said his name was Sticks and he wanted to talk to you. Sticks? That's he said what his he name s- was Sticks. Yes, that's what he said. It sounded kind of odd. The way he looked was odd. Uh, is this something we should be worried about? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, geez, I haven't seen Sticks in years. All right. Well, if you're not worried about, it, then I'll uh, I'll relax a bit. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's not aboard the ship. He's uh, on the dock still. Probably want to go uh, give him a hail. Yeah. Cade, you can make your way up to the top deck. You uh, you make your way over to the gangplank. You look down, and sure enough, there sticks. Looks very similar to the way you saw him last time. Uh, ragged clothing, great hair, uh, well-tanned, weathered face, but a big smile on it like he's the happiest guy in the world. Well, sticks, aren't you a sight for sore eyes? How you doing, old pal? Doing well. He'll come up to give you a hug if you will let him. Sure, I'll wave him up. Wave him up the gangplank. All right, so he comes on up. Then we'll pull it out. <laughs> uh, gives you a big hug and goes, how long has it been? Three, four, five years? I don't know. You never can tell with time. It's definitely been a while. I, I heard you were captain of a new ship, but uh, I didn't know you'd got your hands on something this nice. How did you manage that? There is quite the tale there. I've got nowhere to be, and I got ale to drink if you got some to share. Absolutely. Wait, what? And I always have ale to share for an old friend. Ah, that's why you're my friend. He'll he'll step <laughs> on the past the gameplay, actually past you, and he starts making his way toward the bridge, or towards the galley, I should say. Oh, no, no, we're going to go, we're going to go into the quarters. About that time, um, everyone will come up from the uh, lower holds. Uh, as he gave uh, Cade some time to get up ahead of him. Um, and I will uh, stand against, lean against the door jam uh, right in front of the galley door and kind of block the window so he can't see in, blocking the view of uh, Cranthon, the mage hound inside. In the porthole behind you, you see an owlbear going up and down as I'm tossing him <laughs> in the air. <laughs> so this owlbear was like, 30 pounds right now. I don't care. I'm still having fun with him. Toss up in there and so, catching him. So you have scratches, claw marks, and you're having a hernia from throwing this 30-pound <laughs> weight up and down. So the screeching that uh, is coming from the door, uh, Everin will It's called laughter. Laughter that he hears coming from the door. He'll kind of look over toward the, uh, toward the window for a second and shake his head 
as Caden sticks past by, he'll say, you don't even want to know. Sounds like a owlbear cub, but none of my business. And he'll <laughs> turn and start walking after Cade towards the captain's quarters. Cade will just kind of shrug. And... <laughs> <laughs> so once we get inside the quarters, Cade, he'll go over to the the uh, cabinet and pull out two glasses and a uh, a nondescript bottle, more of the uh, of his own. He'll bring out a bottle of his own brew. Oh, excellent. So uh, Dale... Two sticks continues to have that big smile on his face as he accepts uh, your your glass, and he'll actually take a little sip and oh, very very nice. You finally figured out the the ratio, the water to hops. Oh, is that it? I I thought it was just not putting the rotten fish in there anymore. That works too. Either way, <laughs> tastes you, really good. You know, I had heard that uh, <coughs> after the albatross that you. Uh, You'd finally gotten a ship of your own again, but I have to say, I didn't expect to see something this nice. How did you get your hands on this ship? You know, sometimes I'm not even sure myself. It was just a, a series of a series of fortunate events. Well, I mean, some stories are best told at other times. For the truth of the matter, I was actually looking for you. By happenstance, I found you. Are you still in the market for employment without asking too many questions? It can be a very lucrative market. Because I happen to know a man who needs a man, and I don't have the ability at the moment to take care of this. So I think that you actually might do quite well, and I think there's be some good coin in it for you. Why don't you tell me about this man that needs a man? <laughs> It sounds like we're running a dating service. <laughs> Swipe right. Magehound.com. <laughs> Magehoundmatch.com. So we're going to cut there to the four of you walking through Macklin. And you are some back streets, back alleys, off the beaten path. And you're looking for a shop called Fosses Antiques and Antiquities. And you were told by Sticks that this is where it's supposed to be, but you're not finding it. You know, guys, I swear Sticks wasn't drunk when he told me this. At least I don't think he was drunk. And I wasn't drunk. Well, how many drinks did he have before he told you this information? In my presence or out of my presence? Uh, that's a fair question. Why was your presence to a drunk alcohol always a mistake? Did you serve him alcohol? Yeah. Which bottle did you use? The bottle I just brewed. Lander, I don't see how that how that matters. Anyways, back in hand. Does anybody see anything? No, it means it means that they're sober. I totally watered that batch down after I drank half of it. You, you watered down my, my newest brew batch? Well, I mean, I had to look full. Kate will kinda kinda sit down on a on a crate there and kinda hold his heart like, ugh. <laughs> I need a minute. Two. I need a minute here to get over this, guys. Ed, Ed two, Lander. Ed two. <laughs> All right, everyone give me a perception check. 21. 13. 4. 10. <laughs> okay. So from your uh, new vantage point, sitting down on a crate, resting your feet and, and uh, holding your hand in your, or head in your hand, uh, you, then, you then look up and you can just barely see a very faded sign that, that's turned kind of flat where all the others are hanging out so that as you're walking on the alleyway you can see them better and it's worn it's hard to even read but you're pretty sure it says Foss's antique shop and it's pointing almost like it's almost like there's an alleyway there but it's not wide enough for an alley but it's not a store but that's the way it's pointing 
Okay, Kate. Kate's feet are kind of like hanging off the ground, you know, kind of shaking a little bit, kicking him back and forth because he's a halfling. And, and uh, he, he looks up as, and, you know, to continue his, his protest of, of Lander. And, and then he sees the sign. And he goes, oh, uh, there it is. Hops down off the box and leads the walks way. on. All right. Uh, Rocky, give me high or low. Hi. All right. And roll me a perception check. 17. All right. So um, you are going into the alleyway last. And uh, just before you step in, you kind of look around and you see an, an elf who's wearing normal clothing, doesn't look like an official, like a soldier or anything, kind of looking at you intently. All right. I'm going to like get around the corner with my companions and then it seems we have the ire of an elf upon us. I want to go back to right before we left the ship and I'm with Albie and I turn towards the captain and I say, can he come? No. Okay. So where is Albie? I guess he's on the ship eating all of our food. In a cage, right? You put him in a cage, didn't you? Of course I put him in the cage. Are you sure? Well, I mean, I may not have locked it, but he's definitely in there. He was in a cage when I left. The cage door open. (laughs) You mean the cage that's broken? Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) You you mean you left an owlbear to rampage on our ship? It's all right. I put him in your uh, office so he won't leave the ship. He doesn't know how to open the doors. He can go through the door. He'll be fine. You got plenty of food and drink in there. You did have plenty of food and drink in there. <laughs> Just what we need, a drunk owlbear to come home to. We used to have a 30-pound owlbear. Now we have a 60-pound owlbear. I just imagine he's going to go in there no and there's, there's just going to be shit all over the walls. <laughs> Bird slash owl shit. Oh, you're so cleaning it up. Yeah, what a combo. Okay, so you start making your way down this uh, this sort of almost like dark alleyway. And extends about 15, 20 feet, basically the length of the shops to either side. And then at the very end, uh, it dead ends into like a wall. But on the left shop wall, there's a door. It's just a plain unadorned door. Nothing unique or special, but it's the only way to go. Is he still back there? I want to look back as we're walking down, like kind of lean over in between, look between Cranthon's side and his arm swinging to see if the elf is following us. You do not see anybody looking down the, the alleyway, and you, you're pretty sure you would if there was anybody there. There's really nowhere to hide. I guess we just carry on. He watched us come into this alley. I don't think he's dumb enough to come too close. He, kn- he probably knows that there's only one exit from this alley. Should we go back and surprise him? No, I don't think so. Do you think he can alert anybody that we're coming? I think if he finds us, if he finds me, we're doomed anyway. So we might as well try to look as inconspicuous as possible with you. I'll stop talking uh, when we're in public like this. Okay. So we'll continue up to the door. So as you open the door and enter the shop, it is, it's quite small and it's actually very sparsely appointed. There's not a lot in here. Uh, You can see one bookshelf along the left side of the wall that extends not quite all the way back. And there's actually like a hallway that goes past the the shop further back. Uh, The bookshelf is just full with with books. Most of them faded to the point that you can't read uh, the spines. 
on top of that bookshelf, there's some pieces and parts that look to be uh, bits of like armor. There's uh, some scrolls that have like heraldry marks on it. There's a ceremonial dagger that looks more old than antique. Uh, across the way, there is another table that's set up, and this just has uh, some like tableware, silverware, candle holder. Uh, you know, almost like a mismatched piece. Like it's not even like a full set of anything. Uh, directly across from you, there's a low counter with an older uh, human, probably 50 years old. He's got very white hair and he's looking down, reading through some papers and he doesn't even look up as you walk in. Kate will step in and kind of do a three 360 view of the room, taking it in. He'll go up to the counter. So the old guy will kind of look up and then look down at you. Can I help you? Perhaps. Are you Foss? He sort of just shakes his head and then he gives you like the kind of the, the gesture with the head, the jerk. And you can see there's just like a little way past the counter into like a back room. All right. He'll nod at him and, and uh, thank him and toss a, a dragon onto the counter. All right. He will... Uh, and he'll slide it underneath the papers that he was reading, and then he just puts his head back down. I assume you guys all follow, just like a 10-foot hallway, and it opens up, and this is a very well-appointed room. There are definitely actual, like, valuable antiques back in this room, and there is, there's this, like, super old-looking dude. He's super thin, almost, like, skeletal. Like, there there might be a second where you thought he might have actually been, like, a, an antique, like some kind of, like, a, a mummified corpse, got really big ears and they're they're now flopping down so like they actually almost fold down over on top of themselves his nose is really droopy too so the front of his nose droops down almost in front of his lip when he talks just super tight leathery skin emaciated he's sitting in what looks to be like a really thick wooden chair but it's actually got wheels on both sides where his hands would go almost like the chair could roll and he's got uh, like a thick woolen blanket over his knees. And there's like a, almost like a card table next to him with uh, food and drink. And he kind of looks up. Eh? Who's this? Good evening. What? Good evening. It is a good meal. Yes. Hi, are you Foss? What? Everin. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll walk over to the man in the chair and get real close to him, and I'll ask him, "Are you Foss?" Yeah, there's no need to yell. My friend here has been looking for you. What? My friend over here, the short one, has been looking for you. Oh, are you the are you the guy's stick was sending? We are. Fantastic. Have a seat. Thank you. And I'll look around. He's totally just fucking with us. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, are you guys going to sit there? There's chairs like uh, around his area that you could sit at. Yeah. Nothing so, for Cranthon. So after uh, after he tells us to to sit down, I'll turn away in a normal tone because I don't think he can hear me. I'll just say, "This is the guy that Stick sent us for." He doesn't react to that. Uh, he kind of looks at you. He's just got this big kind of grin on his face, and he looks at each of you, and he looks over at Cranthon, and he just, you know, he takes it in, but he doesn't really react. And then he starts, like, patting his, his legs and, like, the blanket, and he flips it over, and eventually he finds, like, a little bell. And he, ding, 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 he rings it, 
And uh, you hear some shuffling from behind him and around some crates and boxes comes just a beautiful young woman. She's Dibs. She's probably <laughs> 18 or 19 years old, dark hair. I mean, just voluptuous, curvy, uh, but she looks very timid. Like she won't look any of you in the eye. She's looking down. She's, you know, she's well-dressed. She's not exposing herself. I mean, she's almost looks like she's probably like a, a warehouse worker. You know, she's wearing almost like a long shirt, long pants type of a thing. You pronounce whorehouse wrong. <laughs> <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> and, whorehouse. And, and she comes over and she uh, she leans over Foss's shoulders and, and uh, gets right next to him. And, she's, and she says, yes, Foss, what, what may I do for you? And right then, Lander goes up, grabs her hand, kisses it, and says, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm Lander. All right. She just, like, flushes red. You can just see, like, even through the light shirt, just red. Her face just turns all red. And she even teehees a little bit as she, like, turns. Everyone will walk up to Lander and put his hand on his shoulder and pull him back. I'm sorry about my friend. There's time for this later. Please, don't let us get in your way. So she uh, she kind of kind of smiles sheepishly at you, and she looks back at Lander, and she teehees again, and then she gets down next to Foss, and Foss oh. he's basically yelling. He's like, "Get my new friend some food!" And uh, <laughs> she, she nods, and she's like, "I'll I'll be back shortly." And then then she kind of takes you in, Cranton, and she says, uh, I'm, do, "Do you eat? What what should I bring you?" I'll look at her and I'll say, "Just the three of us." Cranton will just be standing behind Everin, and when she talks to him, he doesn't react at all. Okay. He just stays looking towards the deaf guy. <laughs> so she, uh, she, you know, kind of nods and, and she scurries away. And uh, while you're waiting, Foss says, "What are your names?" Cade. What? He reaches into his. Uh into his jacket and pulls out like a a rut like a uh a small little kind of like moleskin book pages are ratty and kind of sea torn and and uh pulls out a chark charcoal piece of charcoal and, and writes writes kate can't read <laughs> <laughs> everyone will shake his head and walk closer it? to the really? guy and walk up and uh, I, without looking back, he'll point over one shoulder and say, that's Cade. Put my hand on my chest and say, I'm Everin. With my other hand, I'll gesture over my shoulder and say, that's Lander. I'm Foss. Youngin over there is Cassandra. Nice to meet you, Foss. You as well. Everin will turn and go back and sit down. He just kind of looks at you. He's just got that big smile on his face. <laughs> You like owlbears? Yes. I do too. I, I met one. His name's Albie. What? Exactly. I know, right? So after a couple <laughs> minutes, Cassandra will come back and she's carrying a tray. It's got three mugs of ale on it and some like sandwich meat type of thing. Like, like a sandwich, I should say. And she comes down and she puts the tray down and she basically like serves a small plate to Everin. She serves a small plate to Kate and she serves a plate to you. When she, when she serves yours, she flushes red again yeah. and she gives you like a little smile. Is there a note on the plate? Uh, not that you can see. 
But but your she... veggie spell, I love you. <laughs> Help! <laughs> A ketchup smiley face underneath the bun. You can't read. There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> Just read your carrots and be quiet. <laughs> So uh, so she goes over and she pulls up a chair right next to him. And uh, after a couple more minutes of just difficult dialogue, uh, she actually will pull out like an old fashioned ear horn and she'll actually hold it for him. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he's still talking way too loud, but you get the sense that he can now hear much better. So Stick says that you are the men for the job. Yep, we're your men. I understand this is a type of job where... You don't, uh, you're looking for people who aren't going to ask a lot of questions. I only want you to ask the important ones. Tell us about the job. Have you ever heard of an elf magistrate named Laust Zymir? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> he usually only summers here in Macklin, but he came in early this year, a couple weeks. Kind of an odd thing. He's never done that before. And then all of a sudden, he was called away back to the capital. And Foss turns his gaze slightly, and you're obviously inside, but you can you just know that he's now facing basically towards the Calipit Mountains, which is the heart of the uh, Naliviata Empire. And it's like, so it's a perfect opportunity. All his stuff's there, but it's only half-staffed. He won't be back for weeks. I don't know what happened to call him away, but it must have been important, because like half the magistrates around have all going to the capital. Time to strike. I've heard he has a secret vault inside his office full of treasure. Now, I only want one thing in there. Anything else you find yours to keep, as long as I get mine first. And what's that? It's a crystal key. A little shard like blue, and it's got a wooden stem with some carvings on it. That's mine. Everything else is yours. Kate will lean back in his chair and, and look up. Uh between the four of, well, the three of you, kind of, you know, giving you that, well, what do you think look? I like him. Let's ask him to join on the boat. Everyone resists the urge to backhand Lander. <laughs> we say captain. And He's a funny old guy. I'll look at Foss, and I look at, uh, I look at him, and I say, is there anything we should be worried about with this crystal key of yours? No, just as long as I get it. I'll look back at the rest of the group. Why not? How much? How much what? How much are you paying? Whatever else you take. Key's mine. Rest is yours. That's the payment. How many people staff the manor? Normally close to 50, but right now less than 10. I would prefer no bloodshed, but really those particulars are up to you. Now, I know how to get into the secret room, which is why you need me. Cassandra can get hired in as staff. That's why she need, you need her. It's not the only reason. What's her cut? Her cut's my cut. You give her the key, she gives it to me. Have we been to Port, Port Macklin before? I'm going to say yes. Oh, yeah. It's definitely at some point you have, but you've just never come across Foss before. Okay, I was going to say, what do we know about this Foss character? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I mean, you, you will have time later if you want to do research, but right now you're kind of going into it blind. What's so special about this key? None of your goddamn business. <laughs> what other things might we find there for ourselves as payment? Not sure, but if it's in that vault, it's valuable. I'll look at Kate and I'll say, it's going to be a week or two before we get 
any type of message back from Perrin. If we need a job, we might as well stick our necks out and take this one. Plus, I hate to say it, but we're a little low on rations right now. <laughs> we could kind of use the cash and uh, stock up the boat, if you know what I mean. You do have a mouth to feed now. It's not just you anymore. <laughs> now, was that where we a little low before you left the owlbear's cage unlocked or after you left the owlbear's cage unlocked? We were a little low before the owlbear was born. All right. Long shot here. Um, who do you work for? That's a question you don't get to ask. You know, I'm pretty sure he doesn't understand. Well, we do have a reputation. He's not freaked out by the mage. We do have a reputation for not asking many questions. Just saying. So, Foss, you seem rather young. Why is it that you're not? Why are you deaf? (laughs) (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) So, Foss, in all your years, have you come across a mage hound? Why are you not bothered by my hound? Because I don't cast magic. Are you familiar with them? With him? Them. Who? <laughs> Hounds. Have you seen or met one before? I used to have a puppy when I was a kid. <laughs> I like him. We, we got to bring him on the boat. <laughs> we need to have like Saturday nights where we just put him up on stage and ask him questions. And like that's our <laughs> entertainment for the evening. <laughs> He's the bard. <laughs> It's Saturday night. <laughs> what? <laughs> Everyone will cease the questioning and just sit back and cross his arms. So my intelligence tells me you've got about a week, maybe week and a half, before Louse comes back. I'd say you probably need to case the mansion, get the routines down, and then make your move. If we're taking this job, I think he's onto something. <clears throat> Granton, would you like to try to establish a telepathic link with your brother? Sure. All right. Roll me a d20. An eight. Lander, you get a headache. Like, you feel like there's almost like a sinus <laughs> pressure just all of a sudden. Feel a little seasick, maybe. Yep. Like, I shouldn't have stepped off that boat. Don't have my land legs quite yet. Yeah, just not feeling good. Ugh. All right. I guess we'll uh, head out. All right. But before you go, I got to tell you how to open the secret door. <laughs> 